Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's uh, Wednesday afternoon at 2. And uh, I'm going to do the first uh, talk on Hanukkah for Mishpachas Stavansky from a sort of Hashkovic or whatever you want to call it, point of view. So, as always, we thank our number one patrons, the uh, Mishpachas Stavansky. And as I say, Hanukkah is tomorrow night. The first candle is tomorrow night. <clears throat> and so let me get down to uh, business, as I always say. I happen to be looking. I don't know why. I happened to pull out, uh, let me see, get the page here. When I was thinking of Hanukkah, uh, the uh, Kaviyosher. Don't ask me why, I just did. And uh, the, and I remember, the reason I pulled it, because I remember he has a interesting, unusual chapter about Hanukkah. The famous Sefer Kaviyosher, which is semi-Kabbalistic. And super duper from. And uh, it's famous for a number of reasons among those who are into the Hanukkah stuff. Because he's the one who says that the jar of oil that they found was uh, happened to be identical with the jar of oil that they used to anoint the kings of Israel. Uh, they found the jar with the Kohen Gadol stamp on it. I know where he gets that from. Uh, but you know that's what it was. And when they would have a uh, a machlokus, who should be the coin gadol, they would and they and that would require anointing the coin gadol, mashuach. So they would use that pach, meaning it wasn't simply you know an, an unused pach or something like that. Uh, it was that it was that particular uh, set of oil. So it wasn't simply a found jar of oil, but they found mm, epis. You know, the most prestigious Jarwa. That's what I remembered. However, I read one, and I saw that he makes a big deal. I mean, I see this from time to time, but I don't remember it every year. And um, he goes on to say how important, you know, in, in his very firm style, it is to keep the uh, mitzvahs of Hanukkah. And he says that... Uh, uh, which are Ne'er Shal Mitzvah, that the whole Indian of Ne'er Mitzvah, Hanukkah is not the only one, but Hanukkah is an outstanding example of Ne'er Mitzvah, is Chavim V'n Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch to particularly Chashev in the eyes of God. Therefore, when you do it, you're doing something very, very important. It's not simply some rule that they came up with, although it is that. It's not a derisa, as you know. La'afuke the Bahag, if you remember, the Rambam went crazy because when he wrote the Sefer of Mitzvahs, he says, what does the Bahag mean when he counts the 613 Mitzvahs and includes Ne'er Hanukkah? How can you say that's a biblical holiday? So let's say it's not, but still, it's very important. And uh, and he went on to say, uh, I'll read you very short, this very short paragraph and then I'll speak about it. And he quotes a very interesting Pasuk in Yishayahu, chapter 24, 
where the prophet Isaiah says, Ba'urim kabdu Hashem. I'll get to that in a second. And he goes, V'chol ner hadolk mitzvah, and any ner which is dolk bar mitzvah, now, not only Hanukkah, but Hanukkah is an exa- outstanding example. Yeshbo kedusha nifloa kedolab ain't sure. That the ner, that the light has a kedusha nifloa. Gedol ain't sure. V'ilu hayinu zochim lahasogas rucha kodesh. And if you and I, the average Jew, had rucha kodesh, v'yinu mevarchim avinin v'masigin adi mitzad lokas haneris shal mitzvah asidos. Then we would prophesy. As a result of this, uh, of seeing, seeing the the, the nearest nose, if you really understood the near when you're looking at it, and you understood the full meaning, you might get ruach kodesh and 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 nevuah magad asidos. The haner mitzvah, misnam bekemu navi, misnam bekemu Hashem. Somehow or other, that this is a strange. Listen, I'm just reading what it says the Kabbalah. He says the near mitzvah prophesies the way a prophet does. So notice there are two ways of, let's say, knowing the future, assuming that that's what prophecy is. A and B. One is a guy, a human being called a Navi, who is misnabi api Hashem. So let's say I was a Navi. However you understand the term Navi, knows whether you have to go through a whole ritual or like the Rambam says or not. Uh, let's say I was endowed with Nebuah, then I could see the future if God granted it to me. Now, B, here comes another way. And the other way is, Ne'er shall mitzvah, misnabi. That's weird, right? The Ne'er shall mitzvah, he says, prophesies. So if you look closely into the candle somehow or other, I'm not sure what he means. So it made me, uh, you know, think about this. It's an angle I never thought of before. And I take a look at uh, chapter 24 in Isaiah. It's actually very interesting because it's talking about a churban happening in Israel. As is always the case, these things are very oracular, and you don't know exactly what he's talking about. And therefore, all the different Mephorshim say he's talking about different things. In, in, in chapter 24, right? God will strip the land and destroy it and twist the surface and scatter the inhabitants. And the elites will go, the Hamonam will go, Ka'om, Ka'koin, Ka'evit, Ka'donov, Ka'shevcha, Ka'gvirtov, and so forth. So it'll be a, 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 a bad disaster, right? Uh, it goes on with the Hebo, Tibo, Ka'aretz, Ra'boz, Hebo, Tibo, the land will be sacked and stripped. Ka'ashem, Tibo, Zazah, Ovla, Novla, Aretz, Umla, Novla, Tevel, Umla, Lamrum, Amaretz. You know, uh, the earth is desolate and dry and withered, and the exalted people wither away. And and what's the reason? Averis. You know, ki avru toros because the Jews were over on Averis. They fear brisola, and so on and so forth. So, uh, so what's he talking about? Some korban. You know, you look at the regular. Uh, you know. The usual suspects, they say, you know, the, the Radak and the Malbim and, the, and this one, and the Lezer Bush, on see. This one says it's Daser Sashotim, and the other one says, uh, you know, San Cherub, and the other one says, well, it doesn't matter. They have all kinds of different opinions, okay? <clears throat> However, uh, after going through the Churban, then will come the uh, the survival of the remnant. Let, 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 let me put it that way, Okay? Uh, that will come to survival of the remnant. Because Hema, 
those who, who, who make it through, Yisu kalm yironu. They will lift up their voices and sing. Begon Hashem tzolomayim. Tzolomayim. They'll sing of God's majesty rejoicing from the west. Or from the sea. Alkein ba'urim kabdu Hashem. Therefore I say, uh, honor the, uh, the name of God with lights. Well, in the, in the, right? Yom uh, uh, Israel. And he goes on saying, you hear a lot of singing and rejoicing and so on and so forth. Uh, and I repeat, this. I got this from the, the, the Kavayosha, just makes a fleeting reference to this. And um, it's a funny pasuk. Alkain ba'urim kabdu Hashem. I just highlighted. So, what does it mean, ba'urim kabdu Hashem? Interestingly, Rashi and the Radak and the Ibn Ezra, the usual, the Farshim, they say the ur here doesn't mean um, uh, light, but it means, uh, you know, nikaim, se'ipim. No, there's places. The runaway places. In, maybe in deep valleys. The Radak says, I'm a king, you know. And uh, some say it means, uh, you know, gavulos and so on, like ur kazdim, meaning the, the because it work, what's the plain meaning of ur kazdim? It's in the plain meaning. So in other words, the, 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 the piece of land where the kazdim were, you know, things like that. Okay, shine. Uh, on the other hand, if you look at the Targum Yonasa, he says, B'meisin nahar l'tzadikaya yikru kodamashev. That there'll be some kind of a light. Okay? Macy Nahora Litsadikayu. When they'll be bring a light to the tzaddikah. Okay? So in other words, that's what the uh is talking about. But Urun Kabdoshem, honor the Lord with light, with, with with candles. So what does all this mean? What's the meaning of candles? And why do you say it's such a big deal? Uh, especially so, so let me put it this way. I think, based on what he says, I think that uh, in the time of the Maccabees, one second, I think, thank you, I think in the time of the Maccabees, let me put it this way, you could read this Isaiah 24 referring to the story of Hanukkah in the sense that the land will be destroyed and the Kohanim will be like the layman. That's very much like what happened at Hanukkah and it would refer therefore to the Greek persecution. Okay, not to Tzor uh, or uh, the Sancheriv or this, that, and the other, or Nebuchadnezzar, as some of Forshim say, you know, the destruction of Moab. Uh, I think it means the destruction of the Jews in Israel. Uh, God will twist the surface, scatter the inhabitants, and the priests will be like the layman, all the rest of it. This mamash happened in the time of the Greek persecution. We forget this, perhaps, because there's not that much emphasis on the uh, sufferings and the tortures that were inflicted on the Jews. But you know it all. I mean, you, you know all this. And when he says the most exalted people on the earth will wither away, I mean, that happened. No, they killed all the from, right? And the lands, the inhabitants have polluted it. That's the Hellenists. They have disobeyed God's teachings, broken the law, and violated the eternal covenant. I mean, that's mamish what happened. Violated the eternal covenant means they rejected Brismilo. So this is my interpretation, but I, I think it's sound. And therefore, curses consumed the earth, and so on and so forth, right? And even goes on to say the new wine fa uh, fails, the new wine fails, and that would be the Greek uh, culture, and so on and so forth. Take a look at it. If you're interested in what I'm saying, you'll see, I would argue, 
that it mamish fits uh, really the, the, the story of the Greek persecution prior to Hanukkah, uh, the Antiochian persecutions, uh, the city is left desolate. I mean, that's what happened to Jerusalem. The gates are smashed in ruins, you know, and so forth. Now, um, I I think, and I have a hunch, that uh, when the nates of Hanukkah happened, no, what I mean by that is when the Maccabees won the the, the uh, uh, war against the Greeks, which they won temporarily. I'm not going to chaz over down the whole history. I've done this in the past. If anybody's interested, when I have to say, just you know, look at the old podcast, or if you go online somewhere in the YouTube, I'm, I have this long, long, long speech I did long ago, long ago in the history of Hanukkah, the whole nine yards. But uh, when they won enough battles that they had a respite that they could go and and take over the base of the nation, clean it up, and rededicate it, which is what Hanukkah means and uh, start up the Carbonas and all the rest of it, and, you know, having fixed up the furniture and so forth, uh, and brought in their, their military menorah. Uh, so they, you know, uh, they're looking at the book of Yeshayahu, and uh, they're saying, that's us. And what does it say? Ba'urim kabdu Hashem. In other words, then comes Anais with the menorah, and which must have freaked him out. I mean, you know, it's Anais. So, uh, I mean, you know, and what is the reaction to the nays? But Urim Kabdu Hashem, you know, honor the Lord with lights. Notice, make a thing that there should be Hadlokas Neiris Hanukkah. Make a mitzvah of Hanukkah. Um, especially if you're thinking along the lines of like the Kava Yasha, you know, that very from vein, which I'm sure they were. So, um, they're going to see after the uh, Corbin is over and the stuff that was described in the first 13 Pesukim in Isaiah 24 took place, now they're going to see a Pesuk that says, Honor the Lord with Urib. And they just were there watching a nace with Neros, with Urim happening. And um, and they said, this is what we're going to do. Now, the Gemara doesn't say, as is very famous and notorious, and subject of many controversy and debate, as you know, the Gemara says that Lashon uh, uh, what is it? Tikna b'halo b'hodah, right? Kavu b'halo hodah. That doesn't mention the the, the lighting of the candles, uh, which is why some, not only the non-from, the Reb Kutner and others, you know, suggested it's possible that the Takon of Neiros Hanukkah came later, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it was there, you know, uh, early enough. Let me put it this way. Uh, Josephus, very famously, who lives when? Around the year 70. So Hanukkah is like 170-165 BCE. So Josephus is uh, 70 AD. Is, and he wrote the book in 70 or 80. So what's that? It's uh, 165 plus uh, 80, let's say, for example. So about 250 years, Barak. Um, he's already saying very famously that uh, we call the holiday, he doesn't call Hanukkah, he called the holiday um, Festival of Lights. That's the origin of it. It's in Josephus. Uh, not in Yosefun, I don't believe, but in um, Josephus. I don't have Yosefun in front of me. I did part of it in Shul the other day. Yosefun is something else. Uh, so he calls it Hanukkah, uh, the, the Festival of Lights in Greek. 
a photo or something like that. I don't know the Greek. And uh, why is he called Festival of Lights? Josephus omits any story about the Nes Hanukkah with the, with the oil. Just like the Book of Maccabees does. And so does Yosifon, by the way. Okay? Uh, they don't have about that. That's why only the Frum believe in the story of Nes Hanukkah. I've talked about this many times in the podcast in the past. Uh, and, you know, and you ask yourself the question, well, Taka, so why does the Book of Maccabees mention the Nes Hanukkah? Um, Halevi, it's the guy's like Halevi, and the Durs with Shunim, or Victor Miller, if you want the English, will say he did it on purpose because he's a Tzaduki and he didn't want to be mockered that there's any kind of a rabbinic law called Nero's Hanukkah because he's against Rabbanus in principle, etc., etc., etc. You know, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe no. But hello, Doverhoop, and then I remember Halevi and Victor Miller both say, and look what, look how Josephus is full of it. Even he admits it's called the Holiday of Lights, but. As a Tzaduki, this is what they say, not me. As a Tzaduki, he doesn't want to talk about the Nase, so he says, I don't know why we call Chagurim. The, now, the language is, is very interesting. It's Greek, of course. It's translated in English. Now, I have the old Josephus. So do you. Uh, if you have one, it's the old, that's the one they sell all the time, uh, from uh, William Whiston, who was an Anglican uh, minister in the early 1700s. Uh, Christian Hebraic, let's put it that way. Who didn't like Jews, by the way. Um, that's why, if you ever get that English set up with Josephus, it's got a lot of Christian um, appendices and things like that. There are other translations uh, that were made later, in the 20th century, in the Loeb series for Harvard. Um, I forget who did the uh, Antiquity of the Jews, which is where he talks about Hanukkah, maybe it was St. John Thackeray, I don't remember. Doesn't matter, uh, but the Greek is is not easy to translate. So I personally like the translation of Josephus into Hebrew, not Yosefun, but trans Josephus into Hebrew by a non from Israeli scholar from you know eighty or ninety years ago, Avram Shalit, uh, who was a professor Hebrew, and he undertook to translate Josephus into uh, Hebrew, the Hebrew of Bayesheni. <laughs> Okay, not modern Hebrew. Uh, there was another guy named Kamenetsky, believe it or not, who tr- who did Josephus partially with Nakudos. I always liked that, but uh, but it's not that great of a translation. But Shalit is better, and I'll tell you why. See, he's describing uh, what happens with Hanukkah. Mom is paraphrasing, sometimes almost verbatim, what it says in the first book about Maccabees that. Uh, Judah Maccabee, having won so and so many battles, and the Greeks withdrew for a couple of months, said, let's go and uh, claim the base of Migdash, which is empty. And uh, I'm going to skip all the details. By the time they finish, uh, they're ready to go in 25 Kislev. And they start up the, uh, you know, the Avoda again. It says, he says they brought in the three items of furniture into the Kodesh. The Kodesh Kodesh, I'm obviously being empty. Uh, I'm talking about the uh, menorah and the Mizvah Hazov and the, uh, what's the other one, the Lechem Aponim. Right? The Shulchan with the Lechem Aponim. And the, and the new altar, the new Mizbeth that they built outside, right? Uh, which, uh, for the Karbonas. That's Hanukkah. And he says, and they like party. Not in a bad way, in a firm way. Josephus says. Uh, they, they, they party. Uh, 
Has it happened? Uh, let me see. Here we go. Well, I'm going to read you the. So I'm going to read you in the Hebrew, which I think is better translation than the English. Joseph is writing in Greek, of course. Vihuda Chagag in Bnei Iro as Chiddush Hakarbonos bebeis Hamigdash b'Meshes Shmona Yomim that Judah Maccabee celebrated with the people of his town. Notice his fellow Maccabees. Chiddush Hakarbonot bebeis Hamigdash. Okay, and it lasted eight days. The the, the celebration. And their 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 simcha was was tremendous. Uh, that they finally got permission to reclaim the base of Migdash. Notice permission in and it was unexpected. In other words, the Greek uh, sacking and raping of the temple was about three years. They thought it would be longer. So that they unexpectedly got the um, ability to worship their God without them expecting it would happen so quickly. And they were so happy that they made a holiday. To celebrate the Chiddush, the renewal of the Avodos HaMikdash over the course of eight days. So this is like the Book of Maccabees. It doesn't talk about the miracle of the world. Rather, it talks about, you know, the fact that they uh, had eight days of celebrating Chunkas and Zbeach. Fine. Now, here's the part. Josephus is writing this 250 years later. And from then until today, we Jews celebrate this holiday. Now remember, he wrote the book mainly for a Jewish audience. That's uh, sorry about that. He wrote this for a Jewish audience, and he's trying to explain the Jewish holidays, various ones. And here he says, and from then until now, we Jews celebrate this holiday, and we call it the Festival of Lights, Chag HaUrim, uh, which the translator here uh, says is Fota in, in Greek, Chag HaEsh slash HaHisGalus. Very important to me. Right? What does it mean in the original Greek, the way Joseph is writing it? Chag HaUrim has a double entendre, two meanings. It's the holiday of Urim, or, which is fire, but also or, which is illumination, or Hiskalus, revelation. Hiskalus, revelation. Now, the reason I'm saying this so closely is I don't know Greek. So I'm trusting Shalit, but he was a big professor. And he's trying to be as exact as he can, much better than the English translation of Josephus, which is pretty lousy on this point, in my opinion. And um, And what's he saying? Right? What's he saying? It's um, a Chag Ha. We we Jews celebrate this holiday, which we call Chag Ha'esh, slash, or better yet, we Jews call this holiday Chag Ha'hiskalus, Chag Ha'urim, in the sense of of revelation and illumination. Isn't that interesting? So notice he says that's the name that the Jews give it, the time of Hiskalus. But nearly, okay. Um, 
Why did they give it this name? Mishum she'oto ha'zechus. Hofi'alono b'li she'kivinolah. That this zechus, to freely worship Hashem the way we want, Hofi'alono appeared to us out of nowhere, b'li she'kivinolah, without us expecting it. In other words, Hiskalus means the revelation of freedom. That is, Hashem just made things happen so fast in such an unexpected way that it was like amazing. So in other words, the idea of the ore is not simply, you know, candles, but rather a hiskalus that, um, I'll say it again, that, that this this um, uh, um, ability, freedom to do Avodah Hashem the way we want, appeared to us unexpectedly. Now, that's rhetorical, of course. They fought a bitter war, and the war went on afterwards. But nevertheless, they didn't think that they would copyright so quickly. Because what happened was that Judah Maccabee fought like uh, three armies, I think, or maybe four, in a relatively short period of time. Um, and he beat them all. And the last army he beat, which was headed by Lysias, had to retreat, but was going to come back in six or eight months. And that meant that the Greek armies uh, temporarily withdrew from Judea. And that meant that Jerusalem was like basically wide open. There was the Acre there, which was a Greek citadel, so that was a problem. But it didn't mean that the base of Middash could not be accessed, and it was, and therefore was, it was liberated and purified and rededicated. So the unexpected and quick nature of this that's Chag Hori, according to Josephus, uh, or Hiskalus. Now, Urim Kabdu Hashem, Yeshayo says, how are you going to celebrate after the the, the, the bad times are over? Urim, right? Urim. So it can mean, you know, with Hiskalus, and it can mean also with Esh. And this is expressed with the fact that they made a mitzvah called Ne'er Hanukkah, which is a big deal. And this mitzvah near Hanukkah, Zachta Kavayashar, who's coming from Kabbalistic sources, because that's whenever you hear anything weird in the Kavayashar, and the whole Sefer is full of weird stuff, turns out it's not exactly weird. It's from the Kabbalah, the Lurianic Kabbalah. He learned from the Big Makubah. I did him a couple months ago. You can listen to it if you want. Uh, the Big Makubah, I think, in Vilna. Uh, and what does his scholars mean? revelation of, of, of things that you ordinarily don't see. As the Kavriyasha says, You can see the future. So what I'm going to for this is that one aspect of Hanukkah, there are many aspects, is that the Nair represents light, but not uh, in the sense of knowledge, but it even represents, you know, uh, higher knowledge. Regular knowledge tells you what's in front of you. Higher knowledge tells you what's ahead of you. You get it? Regular knowledge tells me, you know, if I do this and this, this is what I expect to happen to me tonight. Higher knowledge tells me I analyze the situation correctly, and I am now found found guidance what to do, not just tonight, but down the line. In other words, in weeks ahead, and months ahead, and years ahead. <laughs> uh, this can mean uh, 
in a mystical way. In other words, they get mamusha nevuah, in which case, a person is just a person, he just gets hit with a whammy by God with nevuah. Um, you know, that could happen, or at least, not Lafia Rambam, but according to the others, it could happen that way. Alternatively, uh, if you have the right kind of knowledge, in other words, the ability to analyze things correctly, what we call das in the Chachmah Bina Badas business, you know, the combination of Chachmah Bina in, in the right way that produces das, the correct analysis of things, then you can talk to see the future. I say this today because um, maybe I'm thinking along these lines because of the war in Gaza. Now we look back and you see this over and over again in the press and they're right. Why didn't we see this coming? This one warned and that one warned and they didn't listen to it. Moreover, there were smart analysts who said all over the to- all over the years, don't think the leopard can change its spots. Don't think Hamas is actually going to be peaceful. Why are you, Bibi, and the other guys who are in the Israeli high command allowing yourselves to be misled, you know, by all these people? You're letting your gates of horror and your desire for an easy life blind you to the reality of life in the Middle East and not respect the shittas of these guys, which are murderous. That is their whole philosophy of life. That's their religious outlook. And you like said, well, no, they're going to be practical in the end and Israel can kind of deal with them and we'll allow money from Qatar in there and all the, you know, I mean, you know all this. So it's a failure of, of Clarkite. You understand? And I think everybody in Israel admits this. There was a massive failure of Clarkite or his scholars or, or, you understand? You didn't see, I hate these were connecting dots because it's more than that. But it's connecting the dots in the sense of now you have a clear vision of what you should do. As opposed to after October 7th, everybody talks about moral clarity. See the words? Clarity. His Uh Or. And when you look at the word or in that sense, then um, a nair is something that has or. And you think in terms of the das part, not simply the, the fire part, then it comes very interesting. Because uh, you're talking about, as I say, clarity of thought and, and the right way to analyze things. The Maccabees, at their time, represented those who thought clearly. I'll tell you what I mean. This is my opinion. I'll tell you what I mean. How could they take on the Greek uh, Empire? The answer is, Matision, these guys, analyze the situation. And they said, we can do it. Uh, and it turned out they were right. What I mean to say is like this. The Seleucid Empire had its weak spots. And, you know, fighting in the mountains was not their forte. And they had other places to garrison. And they had revolts in other provinces. And the king wasn't so popular, if you know who Antiochus IV was. And, in other words, it was doable. It was a long shot, but it was doable. It's not like simply jumping into a fire. You understand? It wasn't mamish suicide. It wasn't mamish suicide. Um... They analyzed it correctly. They, they had the ore. And therefore, when they had the final miracles, it was the ore. It's funny, because Ani Hashem HaShod How do you translate that? Three ways of translating it. The first, the second, and mine. The first is, I took you out of a place called Ur Kasdim, the name of a city. The second is Chazal. They said, I took you out of the fire of the costume that they threw Abraham into a fiery furnace. Kibshanesh. 
That's the source of that. The third is, Ani Hashem Mitzrayim, I took you out of the false opinions, the false deos of the people who were Chazim. Because they were idol worshippers and they saw the world that way. And they touched the ball of reality based on this Abodazar kind of approach. And it worked for them. And it was hard to resist it. And I, Hashem, got you out of there. Either mentally or, uh, you know, because it depends how you read the Abraham story. Either mentally or I got you out of work, Hashem, and took you to Kharm. So, I think the Ramban or somebody says, it's talking about, you know, first to Kharm and then later on to Canaan. Meaning, getting out of there, it may be that Abba Mavino had to be had to be physically removed from the place that he was born in order to get out of their machshavas. From the light, from the thought processes of the Kazdib. And in the time of Hanukkah, you need Ani Hashem Hayavanim, so to speak, that um, um, so many of the Misyavdim, regular people, fell for it. I mean, that's just what happened. A lot of people went along because of persecutions, and I understand that. That's true. But a lot of people went along because, you know, the Greek stuff made sense to them. Uh, it was attractive on many levels, and uh, we still are machshed of the Greek culture even today. And, uh, you know, it, it, it worked. You needed a special type of moral clarity, as we would call today, to analyze the situation and see, does it really work, does it not work, what are the flaws and what are not, not flaws? And what are the chances of resisting against it? This manifested itself in a physical way with the lights on the menorah and the base of English. I get it. And the, and defying the laws of uh, physics and all the rest of it. But that's how, but that's good for the Vort. They saw this uh, miracle of the oil as a symbol of this uh, miracle of the Das. Or, or the, as, as, as Josephus puts it, you know, his galas, right? I mean, I, I really like that translation. Uh, the fact that we were able to get the liberation even though we hadn't planned on it, we hadn't hoped for it, because we touched up the situation in such a way, and it, and, it, and, and it turns out our analysis was so correct that it even surprised us, that's what this means, that the Greeks can be defied and challenged, that within a year or so of the revolt, Jews had the temple back. I want you to understand this. If you do the timeline, all the rest of it, and again, I don't want to get into this because I'm going too long as it is. If you do the chronology, um, it wasn't that long from the beginning of the revolt to the liberation of the temple. Okay? Uh, if I remember correctly, I think 167 BC, this is what they say, 167 BCE is, um, you know, uh, the beginning of the revolt, and 165 should be Hanukkah. I believe that's what it is. It says less than two years. Uh, that's a pretty rapid time. Lo'ol al daikum did it happen this way. Unless you say that, you know, th- th- their analysis was so correct that it even surprised them. That's the best spin I can put on, on Josephus calling it Chag Ha'urim, or Chag Porta. you know. The holiday of 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 the age of the light of the of the illumination of the um, of of the of the mental clarity intellectual clarity uh, the ability to analyze and and uh, and, and uh, understand things uh, intellectually with Clarkite that is all the difference between a successful policy and an unsuccessful policy I'll say it again 
it's too late to talk about it now, but this whole massacres that took place in Israel recently with the Hamas is the result of the fact that they had no clarity. And countries perished because of lack of clarity. And sometimes you can see things happening. Most of us are probably too lazy to do this. You know, we, we, we spend time on our own dollar which I understand. But if you look back and, and, and analyze a large situation, uh, you know, you can sort of connect the dots and see what's coming. I'll just give you one example, and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, what's going to happen in America? We gotta go. We gotta have a, a crash soon, because the national debt is thirty billion, thirty trillion, forty trillion, fifty. At some point, cause the whole thing to crash in. And what's going to happen then? So nobody gives any thought about that. You understand? Know might happen tomorrow. Might happen next year. <laughs> um, the smart person will know what to do with that analysis, um, or if there's some way to to beat it. I don't see any political leader talking about this and coming up with any kind of solution. So America is a great country, but if there's a, a bankruptcy of the government, uh, who knows what can turn up? You understand? That's what I mean by seeing by the light. That you look now. He uses from language the Kaviyosha, and he says that you know, near mitzvah misnami kamonavi. To me, I would explain that that near mitzvah the uh, the proper analysis of things, for which you need a hashkafas a Torah. There's no question about it. That's that's his point. The proper analysis of things can tell you the future the way a Navi can tell you from Hashem. You understand? So a Navi can be just a regular person. Hashem just tells him what's going to happen five years from now. Or else you can sit down and think it through and you can see where America is going to be more or less in five years or where Israel is going to be more or less in five years. You can't totally know because unexpected things happen. But broadly speaking, I think it does work. You understand? Now, it may not be a pleasant enterprise, if I ask you, you tell me where's Israel going to be in a year from now or five years from now. I don't know if the the uh, the expectation is so great. I don't know if what you know it's 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 a uh, a wonderful story. It might be uh, something else, but at least you're thinking about it clearly. So Hanukkah therefore emerges. Hanukkah which smart smart starts tomorrow night. Has many aspects to it, as I say every year. As the Gemara said, my Hanukkah, and then there's your Hanukkah, his, hers, and ours. And one is the Hanukkah, which commemorates the uh, historical event of the uh, Nase. But another one is the uh, the Urim, like Josephus says, the Hiskalos. Uh, the, 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 the Jews call it the holiday of Das, I, I, I would say, you know, the holiday of Das. Now, this doesn't end up in the rabbinic literature. It's only Josephus. But he lived in so either he's lying and he's just calling this to uh, shoot the bull with the Romans, which is possible. Some historians do learn it that way. I won't go into it now, but it's an interesting uh, interpretation of Josephus. There is a school of thought like that. Uh, or you say that, you know, people called it this because they said, well, look, 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 look at the decisions made by Matezio and these other guys, which turned out to be uh, so successful. And you see, uh, you know, with Das... Is, is all about. And uh, this is the holiday that commemorates that. Anyway, I thought that's just an interesting angle that you see in the Kaviyosha and then after, afterwards in Josephus on uh, the upcoming holiday of Hanukkah. And I don't think...
necessarily, you know, uh, let's put it this way. For understandable reasons, Hanukkah, especially in from world, has become very cliched. You understand? Rabin bad miatim to me about tahorim. I mean, you know, I, I understand that. Um, and there is, of course, truth to all that. It was Rabin bad miatim to me about tahorim. That is true. But the 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 better message would have been, you know, who is it that saw correctly the future, the Messiavdim or the Maccabees? Because the Messiavdim went for Yavan because they thought that's the way for the future. Anyway, there's a lot to talk about in this. So I just wanted to open up the discussion at the very beginning. As always, we thank Mishpacha Stefanski uh, for sponsoring. And um, hopefully we'll return to the subject of Hanukkah. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.